Snowbound Strangers, welcome to the end of season wrap up episode of the Strange Sessions. I am here in Manitowoc, way far away from Krista, which is kind of a good thing because we got like a foot of snow. We had like a crazy blizzard last night. We did. So, how are you, Krista? Good. Our power's back on. We lost power for about three hours last night, which isn't a big deal. Considering they had sent a notification saying we would be out without power for over 24 hours, but it came back on within three hours. Yeah. Wow. It was a little scary, but it was all good. Ours flickered at one point, and people were freaking out because of the power, you know. And, like, I would have ended up having to go by Corey's house because they have a fireplace, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, ugh. But everything went good, but holy cow, I've not seen a yeah. storm that bad in quite a while. And I, you yeah. know, you know, I was pondering whether or not I should go to work or not, and I was just about to call in that I wasn't coming in when work called me and said they were shutting the plant down, which does not happen very often. Right. So it yeah. was bad. Yeah. But yeah, this is just, uh, we wanted to do something so you guys would have something from us because people were starting to miss us. <laughs> so we wanted to do something new and we wanted to like talk about how our holidays were and all that good stuff. So when the new season starts, we can jump right in to the train wreck that we usually do instead of having to <laughs> talk about holidays. So how were your holidays? They were good. Really quiet, actually. Well, as people will hear, we did an investigation the night before New Year's Eve. Yes. Um, and I think we were all very short on sleep, and most of us probably spent New Year's Eve in our PJs yeah. sleeping. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to talk about that. Did. That will be the second episode of the new season. Yeah. We'll talk about the investigation. There's not going to be too much to talk about, but there's some stuff that I really do. There's one thing that we, a uh, uh, part of the investigation we did that I really want to dive into. So, yes, definitely. I know what you're talking yep. about. And I kind of want to give a shout-out to Coleman, our stranger yeah, Coleman. Coleman, who joined yeah. us on the investigation, and we loved him, all of us. It was, like, unanimous. All of us loved him so much yeah. that he is now part of the, an official part of our investigation group. Yeah. He's just a good guy. It was Very a good guy. It was, a, it was cold, but <laughs> once, once we get to that episode, we will tell you all about the investigation. But yeah. holidays were nice. It was laid back. You know, I went yeah. by Aaron's family like I always do on uh, on Christmas Eve. And he kept saying that I was going to like the gift that they got me. And him and his family chipped in and bought me this great brand new laptop for this, the podcast that I'm actually recording Crazy. on right now. I know. Nice. It's so nice. So, so nice. Yes. And because of my sleep schedule changing I was actually there later than usual because I usually dip out at like six, you know, how I rolled back in the day, but uh-huh, now I stayed uh-huh. there till like nine, so it was nice. And then Christmas Day, I went by Corey and Nicole's and the kids, and Corey was, didn't want to do a traditional ham, so he did corned beef and cabbage, which was actually nice. really good. Yeah. Oh, he is such a good cook. Like, he got all the cooking genes in the family, and yeah. I got nothing, you know. <laughs> But otherwise, the holidays were nice. Uh, it was nice having a break from the podcast for a little bit. Yeah. But I'm seriously, like, itching to get back to it now. And uh, I splurged and bought season four of Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and I'm currently watching that. And I'm so, 
so addicted to Skinwalker Ranch right now. Like I'm gonna, I want to do another episode about that this season, because our first one was just kind of we didn't really know what we were talking about. Not that we do now, but you know, so <laughs> with uh, anything, yeah, with anything. <laughs> But I forgot to give shout-outs. I want to give shout-outs to our newest strangers, and those are Eliana Steenson. She was one of my sixth-grade students that actually moved away at the beginning of the year last year, and she she found me, which is awesome. Hi, Eliana. Uh, Kimberly Duda, J. Adrian Weber, Catherine Davis, April Procell Tettleton, and Lisa Sportsman Rogers-Smith. Dang. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. It is. Yeah. We forgot to mention, and I people complain <laughs> people about are, this. People already sh- are writing are writing bad things on YouTube about it. Yeah, the next like fifteen minutes or so is well, we're not doing a taste test today, so actually this no. should go pretty quickly. But we do have a bunch we of do packages. We have a little bit of yeah. Well, oh, we'll yeah. open those so in our person. Next, our first official episode, the titillating twenty, is probably going to be more like thirty. But hey. We post the uh, timestamp of the topic start in the show notes. So if you're listening on an app or you're watching this on YouTube, if I figure this Skype video thing out, um, which I think I should, uh, just check the show notes if you want to skip to when we actually start talking about the topics. Mm-hmm. I wanted to also mention we started work on the studio. So Sweet. I'm excited um, to see it. Yeah, we have to finish. So it's wood paneling down there, and if you don't use a specific kind of paint, the tannins in the wood will actually bleed through the paint. So we have to put this specific kind of primer down first. So that's what's going down now. Then we'll put paint on, and then we're going to put carpeting down there. Wow. And Jim is actually thinking about building a wall to separate it from the workout area, but it should hopefully look very different when you return to the studio. And I have another light to buy, but then we'll be all set up for um, our YouTube stuff. So That's awesome. Yeah, we have a month to figure it out. <laughs> we do. We do. I actually got to start working on the season premiere topic now because I've been kind of slacking on that. So we're going to start. Do we know what it is? Yes, it is. The one that won is the tunnel system or cave system. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to start diving into that tomorrow morning or today because I'm not leaving the house today until they get the streets clean. And now we're supposed to get nailed with a deep freeze like yep. <laughs> below zero. It's already tonight is already sub zero temperatures so gotta love wisconsin Wisconsin. (laughs) um so looking i wanted to look back on the last season but i didn't write down the the uh the topics i suppose i could look on youtube if i had to Mm -hmm. but i felt like it was a pretty solid season um one thing that i really liked that i'll 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 wait because i'll just look at this all right, are you ready? I'm ready. Season 7, Episode 1, Atlantis. That seems so oh, long yeah. oh, ago we talked wow. about that. I forgot we even did that. But I ended up wow. liking that more than I thought I would because I'm not an Atlantis guy, but it was actually yeah. fun. Episode 2 was a My Favorite Mini Mystery, The Stanley Hotel, and Flight 401. And oh, yeah. I love that one. Episode three was yes. Episode three was kind of a big one. That was the Dodelston messages, and a lot of people oh, that really that liked that, you know. And I was worried because it was kind of a just a weird story, like a time travel over the computer. Mm-hmm. So, but I everybody seemed to love that one, and I really enjoyed it too. Episode four was strange creatures. I think that's when we talked about the deer lady and those things. Oh yeah. Episode five was mirrors. I love the Mirrors episode because Mirrors creep me out. Episode 6, Strange States, Texas. 
we only had I think only had one Strange States. Uh, episode seven was my favorite mini mystery, the Fister Hotel and Haunted Fond du Lac, and that's that was the first Local time stuff. that was the first time that I went out with a digital recorder to the locations mm-hmm. and talked about it. People seem to really love that, they so really that's like something that. that we're going to be doing more often. You know, I know you and I want to go to Whitewater mm-hmm. sometime in the for the next season, hopefully. Episode eight, artificial intelligence, keeps getting scarier and scarier. Episode nine, time slips and phantom diners. Like Ooh, I love, love that I love the time slip stuff. I just do. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be another time slip one this season with stories about people from time slips and. Uh, I think the phantom diner part of it is what people really loved, though. Yeah. There's something really spooky about that. Yeah, there is where you go to a diner and then you go back the next day and it was closed and it was never open. Never. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what the heck just so happened. Freaky. Um, episode 11 was, oh no, episode 10 was Missing 411 Spotlight, Tom Messick, and Robert, oh, Robot Grandma, that that weird Robot (laughs) Grandma story. Yeah. I always forget about that. They Mm -hmm. wanted the boy to poop on the sticky paper to, yeah, yeah, that one was kind of crazy. Episode 11 was Holy Hill, my favorite mini-mystery, Holy Hill, with Aaron, where Aaron and I drove around and got lost, and people love that episode, so Aaron desperately wants to come back on next season. Where Kurt's grumpiness is a whole vibe. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. There's, there's a certain time where all of a sudden my whole demeanor changes, where I start to get tired and cranky, you know. Episode 12, everybody loves listener stories. That was our yes. listener stories episode. Episode 13, and I think this is the second time we've done this, but this has become, or it might be the first time we did this, this has become one of my favorite shows, and it's listener suggestions. Like, Mm -hmm. I love the listener suggestions because they're usually small enough that we can do, like, two or three of them in an episode, and they're Mm -hmm. always, like, super interesting. That one was uh, Dovlin, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. Joanna Mm -hmm. Lopez, and Stardust Ranch. So that one was cool. Like, I really love the, the listener suggestions episodes. Me too. Episode 14 was the Tunguska event and the Lost Colony of Roanoke, mm-hmm. which was a fun one. Episode 15 was Strange Stories, where I just read weird Reddit stories. Don't know. Was that the forest one? The woods one? No, the spooky woods one was last was the season before that was this last one. Season? Yeah. This one was just anything. It didn't have, it could be in the woods, okay. it could be anything. Uh episode sixteen was a side sessions preview, and that was the one about the cannonball run, which I love, you know. The cross country race. Episode seventeen was part one of Saint Nazians and JFK Prep. And mm-hmm. episode 18 was part two with Mark and Rhonda. They joined us for that. We got that weird EVP. In my basement. <laughs> in your basement while we were recording. Hey, maybe while we're doing renovations down there. there oh, that might that might happen. ramp some stuff up. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to hope that doesn't happen. Uh, episode 19 was Haunted Dolls. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Episode mm-hmm. 20 was more listener suggestions. It was the Nahana Valley that Brad. Oh, yeah yelled at me about that was a good one that was a good one uh <laughs> you left the snarky voicemail about <laughs> hotland and gary sudbrink which creeped out a bunch of my students with those mm. weird phone calls that that guy got they were creepy yes they were and then episode 22 season finale lake city quiet pills joined by much loved co-host Corey, and 
you talked about that Kamar, that weird thing that was almost like the, the uh, oh, oh, the, with the Russians. Pass. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot like Detlov Pass, which was really mm-hmm. cool. So that was our last season, and it was it was a pretty solid season. Yeah, I, I actually know. have this next entire season written down. Dang. But it's going to change. Share that with me? No. Because it's going to change. Because okay. at some point, somebody's going to suggest something, or I'm going to find something that piques my interest, and then I'll put something else in and bump mm-hmm. something else. But as of right now, we have enough. Like we only did, we only did one strange states, and people kind of like right. the strange states, so I'd like to do two of those. Mm-hmm. So stuff is going to end up getting bumped. So it's not set in stone, but it's nice knowing I have enough for. Oh, somebody almost just wiped out in front of my apartment. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, it's nice knowing that I have enough that we can actually do another season. So that's yeah. always good because, you know, I worry about that. It worries. So what things do we want to do this next season? I was just thinking um, if we have listeners, I know we have listeners overseas. If you want to get on in this in on this strange states thing that we do yeah. and there's something cool going on where you're from or some yeah. special cryptid, let us know. We'd love to cover more than just the United States. Yeah, I'd have to think of a word that starts with S for overseas. You know, because strange states, strange. I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll ponder that. But yeah, because we would like to branch out and do other areas, you know, because there's really cool stuff. Like Japan has a lot of cool legends. Like Africa has a lot of cool cryptids and and legends. So we would love to do that. So maybe this season we'll try to just branch out and do a country or something or an individual mm-hmm somewhere just to branch out and we're going to try the video stuff this season how's that going to be you're the you're the video you're the video mistress so oh yeah (laughs) that sounds like a different kind of youtube channel um yeah Yeah, we'll find out i mean i i I have to order another light we have one of those big fancy lights but we're going to be facing each other on opposite sides of the table so we need two lights so I just need to order another oh, light. Oh, good God. I'm going to get a suntan down there because that's so bright yep. with that light. Yep. So then are we going to do the thing with the two cameras where you're going to edit when I'm talking and it's going to show when I'm talking and when you're talking? Oof. That's the idea. You are going to have your work cut out for you. Yeah, that's why I need a whole week between when we record and when we release. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Um, it's going to take – it's a bit of a learning curve. Oh, Yeah. I am not a techie person at all, so I am learning all of this as I go. Yeah. But I have we invested in Premiere Pro, Adobe, so I feel like I'll be able to do a lot more with that than I was with the free app that's on my laptop. So. Yeah, because uh, I think that's supposed to be pretty good for like video editing and stuff. And there's a lot of YouTube tutorial videos on how to do stuff in there, so I feel like I can kind of teach myself as I go. So again, it's going It'll to be a be bit an of a, experiment. It's going to be a bit of an experiment, a little bit of a learning curve. So yep. bear with us while we get all the kinks worked out. And yeah, but it'll be nice be because people do seem to like the video. I think so. But uh, it, it'll take a bit. It's going to take a while to get used to, especially with two lights on us. Holy cow! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything else we want to try for next season? I can't wait to do the whitewater thing. I think that's so much. Whitewater, fun. like I've been. That's where we met Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to some. I've been listening to a lot of cabin podcasts lately about mm-hmm. Wisconsin, and and so good. their their Halloween episodes are about haunted places, and they talk about mm-hmm. whitewater. So I'm excited for our whitewater episode. I've always yeah. wanted to see. I've never been whitewater. I've never been to lacrosse. Like I'd like to see these 
college towns across Wisconsin. Yeah. Is there anything I else? Recommend, I would recommend we go during the summer when it's not so crowded. It's like a totally different city during, obviously, it's like yeah. a college town. Yeah. So. I would rather wait till school's out before we go. Yeah. You know. Agreed. Like late, maybe late spring. Are we going to go to the school? Like the college? We could walk around the campus. I'd love to, actually. Like, yeah. I love college campuses. That's like a yeah, weird, me too. A weird no, thing of mine. Okay, good. It's not just me. I do too. Nope. But no, that'll be cool. And Aaron wants to come back on. We're trying to figure out where Aaron and I can take a road trip to. Um. And when is Corey coming back on? Whenever. Whenever. Okay. He's always a lock for the final, the season finale. Yeah. But I'd like to have him on before, too. You know, it'd yeah. be fun doing a road trip with Corey to a haunted mm-hmm. location. You know, Door especially because we gotta do Door County. Yeah, we do have to do Door County. I'm trying to think of what else we want to try different for next season. Doing things professionally is off the table because we never do that. <laughs> um, well, I think we talked about being a little bit more conversational in yes. our episodes and yes. maybe if you want to give me stuff to read so it's not just you reading well, and me listening to that's you. that's what i'm gonna start doing is like I'm, i think i'm gonna see if i can get my computer or my printer up and running again because i haven't used it in forever because then i'll print out when i do my notes i'll have kurt reads this krista reads this kurt reads this krista reads this you and, can just share it on in the drive, Google Drive, too, and I can just have it on my computer. Well, that's the thing is I want you to be able to look at it beforehand and know what you're yeah. going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, And then we'll each have a, a printed copy that we can look at, too. Or would you rather have – because part of me wants to have a printed copy because I like giving them to people with our where we sign it and give it to people. You that know? would be great for the Kofi website. Yeah, yeah that they get a signed yeah. copy of my show notes. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's what I'm planning on doing is having instead of you not having any idea what I'm going to be talking about is getting you the notes ahead of time this time yeah. so you know. That'd be you great. Know, so then it'll be more conversational. And I would also add, if you're a Kofi subscriber and you want to see, you have ideas for extra, not even content, but just things we could be doing there. I could I could be offering discounts on some of our merchandise on there. But if there are other ideas like signed show notes or things like that that you guys would love to have access to, let us know. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing. No. <laughs> I don't. I think we could go 20 seasons and we still here, won't have any idea what the heck we're doing. Yeah, if you've been here for seven seasons, you figure that out by now. But thanks yeah. for sticking around. <laughs> we, kind, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants here on this podcast. We're really totally. Good. Like, am I recording the audio right now? I don't even know. I'm we're lucky gonna, we're wearing pants right now. <laughs> I'm wearing pajama bottoms, actually. But oh, I and my and my dazed but... and confused T-shirt. Elavia and. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think tonight I'm going to watch Almost Famous because I haven't seen that in a long time. So I think that's going to be on tonight's agenda. Sweet. Um, anything else that we got to talk about before we jump into our little tiny stories for today? I thought I would mention the book club. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So we decided to just really focus on the strange sessions and the YouTube channel and the side sessions. And we're going to table the book club for now. But I continue to read books all the time. And I'm sure Kurt is always reading books, too. So I might use the Facebook page and the Instagram to just recommend books. Yeah. Let's just share what we're reading and what we're into. And maybe at some point we'll get back to doing the podcast again. But I really like having the pressure off of me to 
have to be reading a specific book at a specific yeah. time on a deadline and just being able to read at my leisure because our, our couple of strangers that participate in it did so awesome yeah. and it was great but like you said it was just we have to kind of focus especially with you doing the video stuff now we're not going to have yeah. a whole ton of time so we have to start focusing on that we're still going to be doing the side sessions mm -hmm. um but yeah i it's like it was a little bit of a pressure knowing i had to read especially when it was like a 600 page book <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. That, we'd have, that we'd have to slog through so okay. we'll we'll maybe revisit it one day but like you said we'll just start posting book recommendations and if they want to recommend yeah books recommend to us, books yeah. to us that would be cool That'd be great is there well, anything that's it. is there anything else for next season that we want to talk about no i can't think of anything either we're going to continue the taste test like i said we have like four or five packages to open so we have a lot to open. Um, what are you drinking there? Just regular old coffee? No. So right before I was going to do the podcast, I was going to brew my coffee. And it's one of those Keurig ones that it's not like a plastic container. It's like a mesh. It's like mm. a different kind. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my Keurig machine, which is like a $10 Walmart cheapie, doesn't always work with those. So I went to get my uh. coffee, and it was a mug of hot water it didn't it didn't pierce the coffee thing so oh, then no. so i have because I i'm having tea because yeah because i've been drinking it at work i'm trying to get away from soda because when i started this new job it was soda every day so i'm trying to get away from that so i went back to that yogi tea which hmm. is the uh positive energy there's like two different ones there's a vanilla spice one that's really good and there's a tangerine one so that's what i've been drinking at work so i just doing my tangerine yogi tangerine positive energy Nice. I have yeah. lion's mane mushroom tea. Is that good? Mm -hmm. I like it. Corey uh, is surprisingly big into just Earl Grey, so he gave oh, me Earl a couple. Grey's he gave so me a couple good. packages of Earl Grey, so I had one, and I'm like, ooh, this is really good. It's that bergamot that's in there. That's what he really said. That's what he said. Flavor. He said he loves the flavor of that. Yeah. So I feel good. like all classy. Good. I feel that's like Jim's favorite too. I feel all classy when I drink that, and like Jean-Luc Picard, because he always wanted Earl Grey tea. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. So speaking of television shows, should I jump into my, my topic? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, or, yeah. Or do you I, want to do yours first? I don't even know first? what yours – no, you can go ahead. I, I saw the Simpsons picture, so yes. I was like, oh, what is this about? I'm what, what could we talk about on the strange sessions that people – Where Where is Springfield? No. No? no. Okay, because that's a big debate. Is it, it is a huge is debate. It, okay, yeah. They're, uh, oh, they're, predict they're always predicting the future kind of thing. That's what right? it is. Yep, hang on. Okay. Um, so a lot of people believe that the Simpsons quite often predict the future. And it keeps popping up, especially on TikTok. It's like crazy on TikTok that people hmm. think that the Simpsons somehow is able to predict the future. So, from a Time Magazine article from June 3rd, 2020, called, quote, 17 times the Simpsons accurately predicted the future, the article says, and this is crazy, like, I, I forget about this. With 31 seasons and counting on the air, yeah, The Simpsons Dang. is undeniably a television phenomenon. Both the longest-running American sitcom and animated program, the critically acclaimed cartoon is widely recognized as one of, if not the, best shows of all time for its humorous satire of everything from politics and pop culture to everyday family life. 
And this right here is crazy. In fact, throughout its 776 episodes, wow. that's insane, <laughs> creator Matt Groening, or Groening and his team have been so on top of the country's cultural pulse, they've even managed to predict several major historical events, along with a few less momentous happenings. So here are a couple examples. One of them is Disney's Fox Takeover. This was predicted in 1998, and it came true in 2017. Mm. After a trip to Springfield, director Ron Howard pitches a screenplay that Homer wrote to producer Brian Glazer of 20th Century Fox. At the beginning of the scene, a sign can be seen at the Fox studio lot that reveals the company is, quote, now a division of Walt Disney Company. Cut to nearly 20 years later, and this sale actually happened, with the news breaking that Disney has reached a deal to acquire $66.1 billion worth of Fox on December 14, 2017. Another one, I keep forgetting that I have a touch screen now and I can just scroll up, it's so nice. <laughs> Another one is Lady Gaga's halftime show which was predicted in 2012, came true in 2017. Nearly five years before Lady Gaga descended from the roof of Houston's NRG Stadium for the halftime show of Super Bowl, whatever that Roman numeral is, her Simpsons doppelganger performed a song for the residents of Springfield while suspended in the air. The two even wore similar silver ensembles for their shows. Another example is the 2020 experience, predicted in 1993, came true in 2020. If 2020 was a bingo card, The Simpsons could already have at least two squares ticked off. In the nearly 30-year-old episode called Marge in Chains, not only does an unprecedented sickness named the Osaka flu sweep through Springfield, but when the townspeople began rioting to demand a cure for the virus, a swarm of killer bees that could be likened to the, quote, murder hornets showed up, just like the ones that were predicted to hit the U.S. unexpectedly. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. You know. Uh, a big one that people constantly talk about is President Donald Trump. Predicted in, 2000, predicted in the year 2000, came true in 2016. When Bart flashes forward into adulthood, viewers learn that Lisa not only becomes the president, but inherits, quote, quite a budget crunch from her predecessor, Donald Trump. The country is broke, she asks her aides in one scene. How can that be? At the time, the real Trump presidency was still 16 years away. That's so crazy. That's also crazy. in that episode in which Lisa Simpson becomes the first female president of the United States, Lisa wears the exact same purple ensemble that Vice President Kamala Harris wore during the inauguration, including the pearl necklace and earrings, more than two decades later. This Didn't one she cool. always have those the pearl necklace and earrings on, though? Marge always did. Oh, Marge, okay. I thought this, Lisa did, too. She, yeah, okay. she might have. I think so. This one, I think, is super interesting. This one's the God Particle. It was predicted in 1998, came true in 2012. The existence of the Higgs boson, or God Particle, a breakthrough that helps explain how everything in the universe has mass, wasn't confirmed by physicists until the year 2012. But according to Dr. Simon Singh, the author of The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets, after Homer decided to become an inventor in the episode The Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, he was pictured standing in front of a blackboard with an equation that predicted the mass of the yet-to-be-discovered particle. Singh told the newspaper The Independent, quote, 
If you work it out, you get the mass of a Higgs boson that's only a little bit larger than the nanomass that a Higgs boson actually is. It's kind of amazing as Homer makes this prediction 14 years before it was actually discovered. Okay, that's wild. Yeah, that one is. Uh, 9-11. On July 26, 2006, conspiracy theory message board user named Howie posted that the Simpsons predicted the September 11, 2001 attacks using a screen capture from a 1997 episode called The City of New York vs. Homer Simpson that features Lisa Simpson holding an advertisement for bus tickets to New York City. The image shows the number 9 right next to the Twin Towers, which causes the sign to resemble the date 9-11. And that one gets posted a lot. If you mm. type in Simpsons and 9-11, you'll see the screenshot of her holding the brochure up with the 9 and the 1-1. One, one. Hmm. Uh, another one, Three-Eyed Fish. On October 27, 2011, Gizmodo reported that a fisherman in Argentina caught a three-eyed fish in a reservoir near a nuclear power plant, which is very similar to the three-eyed fish Blinky, which was introduced in the 1990 episode, Two Cars in Every Garage and Three Eyes on Every Fish. So in that episode of fish, because of the nuclear waste and pollution, had three eyes. And then in 2011, somebody actually caught one by a nuclear plant that had three eyes. Another one, Nobel Prize winner. In the 2011 episode, quote, Elementary School Musical, Lisa and her friends make a list of people that she predicts would win the world or would win the Nobel Prize. The character Martin picks a person named Bernt Bent R. Holstrom to win the Nobel Prize in economics. In 2016, Holstrom actually wins the prize with Oliver Hart. Hmm. Another one, smartwatches. The episode Lisa's Wedding in 1995 was the show's first foray into the future with several technology jokes in tow that ended up coming to fruition. For example, a botched wedding proposal from Lisa's boyfriend, Hugh, prompts him to call an audible by talking into his watch. In 2013, smartwatches with voice recognition first came out, saving relationships around the world. Also in the episode Lisa's Wedding, the episode offhandedly features one of the more vital components of the 2010s and especially the 2020s, the video chat. The style of communication throughout the episode is visual via a screen, not a phone. In a world that today runs on Zoom, Skype, Google Hangout, and FaceTime, this is one prediction that the writers had to see to believe. That's what we're on <laughs> right we're now. we're talking on Skype. It makes me think of Knight Rider, though. And this he was, one, like, talking to his car. Yes, his exactly. Like, I don't know. This one is weird. This one, to me, is the weirdest one. From that same episode, here's a too-eerie-to-be-a-coincidence prediction. The episode features an establishing shot of London's Big Ben with the joke thrown in that it now has a digital face. But if you look on the left-hand side, you will see a pointed spire that doesn't seem to fit in with the real London skyline. Construction of the famous London building, The Shard, started in 2009 and was finished in 2012. And the skyscraper not only has a similar shape to the mysterious building from the episode, but it also sits in the same exact place in comparison to Big Ben. That one is weird. Like, when you look at screenshots of it, I was like, whatever, they're predicting the future, so they're going to put this crazy building in there. And when I saw screenshots of it, I was like, dang, that is actually super weird that the shard wasn't even considered yet at the time, and it shows up. Hmm. So are the Simpsons predicting the future? From a Snopes.com article called, quote, The Simpsons didn't predict that, the article says, 
On December 17, 1989, the animated show The Simpsons debuted on the Fox Network with a Christmas episode entitled Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. Since then, Springfield's most famous residents, Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie, have appeared in more than 600 episodes over the course of 31 seasons, and it's now 776 episodes, which is... I remember my buddy Tom Bialik, I remember watching the first couple episodes at his house, drinking beer, and it was like I was just out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just crazy how long that's been on. Yeah. That's well more than 200 hours of content. If you watch The Simpsons nonstop 24 hours a day, it would take you well over a week to finish the entire series. That's a lot of content, a lot of jokes, and a lot of opportunities for coincidences to appear. While we, re- while we will readily admit that there have been a few interesting coincidences between jokes on The Simpsons and real-world incidents, most of these predictions have rather simple and mundane explanations. In this collection, we'll go through some of the most popular and persistent rumors regarding the show's fortune-telling abilities. The animated series did feature a joke about Donald Trump becoming president in a 2000 episode called Bart to the Future, But since Trump had actually been flirting with the idea of making a presidential run since as far back as 1999, such a prediction really isn't as surprising as it might seem in retrospect. Matt Groening, I never know if his name is pronounced Groening. Matt Groening told The Guardian, quote, We predicted that he would be president back in 2000. But Trump was, of course, the most absurd placeholder joke name that we could think of at the time, and that's still true. (laughs) That kind of makes me laugh. On March 19th, 95... An episode of The Simpsons called Lisa's Wedding took a futuristic view of Springfield's favorite family after Homer's daughter visits a fortune teller's booth. At one point in the episode, Lisa's future husband, Hugh, bent over and spoke into a strange-looking device on his wrist, a half-flip phone, half-wristwatch that most modern viewers would liken to a smartwatch. It's also true that this episode aired more than 20 years before the year of the smartwatch in 2014 when these devices started becoming common. However, the Simpsons shouldn't get credit for predicting the smartwatch for two reasons. While the year of the smartwatch was 2014 in name, the very first smartwatches were created long before this episode of The Simpsons aired. Variations of smartwatches have been appearing in movies, television shows, and comic books since the 50s, which is 100% true. Like you said, like, like... Michael Knight used to talk to Kit on his watch, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. not like it's super surprising that they made a smartwatch because that's kind of a logical step for communication is having a watch. Mm-hmm. From a 2021 Reuters, 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 from a 2021 Reuters article called "Quote: The Simpsons Episodes Are Not Evidence of Predictive Programming," the article says. In the episode Bart to the Future, which aired in 2000, Lisa Simpson is named the first female president of the United States. While it makes no mention of Vice President Harris, the first woman, the first black person, and the first Asian American to hold the office, she says that her administration had inherited quite a budget crunch crunch from President Trump. Trump did have an unsuccessful presidential run in 1999, which could have inspired the talk of a future Trump presidency. Lisa's purple suit and pearl earrings are similar to the outfit that Vice President Kamala Harris wore on Inauguration Day, but there is an explanation for this. Harris wore a mid-length purple coat and matching dress from New York-based designer Christopher John Rogers. The color purple, also worn in different shades by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and former First Lady Michelle Obama during the event, is the color of America's American women's suffrage, but also one that many observers interpret as a symbol of unity between the Democratic blue states and Republican red states. 
which mm-hmm. was kind of the theme of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it's not okay. it's not weird for them to be wearing purple dresses during inauguration. Sure. Harris's signature pearl earrings, which she had also worn during the vice presidential debate, appear to be a nod to sisterhood and her membership of Alpha Kappa Alpha, the first black Greek letter sorority at Howard University in Washington, D.C. In a 2018 article from the New York Times called, quote, The Simpsons has predicted a lot. Most of it can be explained. The article says, No, there is no crystal ball in the Simpsons writer's room, but you'd be forgiven for wondering. The future can be forecast better than one might think, says Al Jean, one of the show's original writers, or Al Jean. I really should start learning how to pronounce people's names. I think <laughs> it's Al Jean. <laughs> That's another thing I'm going to try for this next season. Sure thing. Said Al Jean, <laughs> one of the show's original writers and its showrunner since 1998. Episodes of The Simpsons air a year after they're produced, he said, so it's just sort of a frame of mind that we all have that we have to think one year ahead. The show is the product of brilliant minds, many Harvard-educated, says William Irwin, whose book, quote, The Simpsons and Philosophy, has for years been taught in college courses around the country. Mr. Irwin is the chairman of philosophy at King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. That surprises me. Yeah. He says, quote, writers rule on The Simpsons, not the actors. As a result, the show is packed with references to art, literature, pop culture, politics, and science. When that many smart people produce a television show, he says, it's bound to make some startling predictions. Another possible factor at play is called the the law of truly large numbers, a concept presented by the Harvard mathematicians Frederick Mosteller and Percy Diaconis in their 1989 paper, quote, Methods for Studying Coincidences. With a large enough sample, any any outrageous thing is apt to happen, the law states. The Simpsons, a Fox show, is the longest-running scripted TV series in history. The most recent Simpsons Simpsons prediction to come true was Disney's deal for 21st Century Fox, announced in December. Mr. Mr. Jean said that the sort of prediction was just in line with the writer's forward-thinking process. The deal was just another one, he says. It happens. There's always mergers. It just seemed logical, you know. The Higgs boson particle one was another big one. That's the one I want to hear about. At first glance, this plot point might seem like the freakiest Simpsons prophecy. Homer striving to be the next great inventor, great uh, Homer striving to be the next great inventor, is seen standing at a chalkboard on which a complex equation is scrawled. That equation is just a hair off what would become the Higgs boson particle or God particle, which was discovered in 2012, decades after it was first presumed to exist. Simon Singh, author of the 2013 book, The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets, told the British newspaper The Independent in 2015 that Homer is just a little bit off of predicting the actual the actual Higgs boson particle, but can be explained to some degree. He says, quote, The Higgs boson part was written into the script by David Cohen, who's one of the people with a huge math background on this show. What he put in was a plausible guess at that time, so it's not like this was just totally out of left field. You know, so I get that. I I totally get that. I figured there had to be actual math behind it, but it's just like... Yeah, and that's the thing, is that like if you look at writers for The Simpsons, like Conan O'Brien was a famous writer for The Simpsons, like it's just not funny people it it's like super mm-hmm. intelligent there's people with like yeah. this crazy math background there's scientists there's they have such an amazing group of writers 
that mm-hmm. they sneak in little math jokes a lot. They sneak in like these little jokes that you would not know unless you're almost an expert in some of these fields. Sure. And like he said, you you they're predicting like a the show episode's going to come out a year after they write it. So they're trying to think of what things are going to be like. So they're just it's just a really forward-looking group of writers. Mm-hmm. And when you have over 700 episodes, you're going to you're going to hit stuff on the head. You yeah. know, you don't look at the stuff that didn't happen that they predicted. You look at the stuff that did happen. Sure. So are they predicting the future? No. Yeah. The shard yeah. one is weird, but again, they're looking at the they're looking at the future London, so they're going to throw in weird-looking buildings and sure. they just happen to put one in the right spot. Hopefully you can't hear the guy mm-hmm. snow blowing outside my apartment. I can't. Okay. So I love this next one. This is what I'm going to use to pretty much wrap it up. I love this. This is from a December 30th, 2023 Collider article called, quote, Predictions from the Simpsons can actually be explained. The article says, quote, Whenever something noteworthy or downright idiotic takes social media by storm, a diehard Simpsons fan will appear in the comments with a video or screen grab to prove that the brilliant prognosticators on the show's writing staff predicted these events and or calamity long ago. But many of these so-called predictions can be boiled down to a philosophy one might call the Simpsons razor. This is a humorous spin on an actual real philosophy called Occam's razor, which suggests that the (laughs) simplest explanation is often the best one. Simpson's razor, in contrast, is a philosophy stating that the dumbest possible result is often the most likely. The comedy writers on The Simpsons may appear to be predicting future events, but in reality they are constructing satiric barbs that mock society's stupidity by exaggerating it. The Simpson family isn't predicting the future. Our modern society is simply racing the Simpsons to see who can present the dumbest possible outcome for humanity. Some predictions can be explained by reality chasing cars straight forward, i.e., the Simpsons will satirize the stupidity of a recurring situation, and humanity's inability to learn from its mistakes will make that satire relevant time and time again. It's clear that the clever comedy writers at The Simpsons have a knack for mocking everyday life that feels predictive, even if the list of stuff that actually came true is a little bit lacking. Then again, if the show gets credit for the times it seemingly predicted the future, perhaps viewers should hold the show accountable for things it predicted incorrectly as well, like when the writers thought that producing episodes that glorify Michael Jackson, Mel Gibson, and Elon Musk would no doubt stand the test of time. Contacted by Routers in March 2020, Bill Oakley, writer and producer for The Simpsons during the 1990s, addressed the overall idea that the show could predict world events by saying, quote, I would say in general, when people say The Simpsons has predicted something, it is just that we were satirizing real-life events from years before, and because history keeps repeating itself, it just seems like we were predicting things. So that's what I got. Like Simpsons, you constantly hear that they're predicting the future, but I don't think they are. I just, I just think yeah. it's brilliant writers that are are really, really talented at foreseeing events, but also yeah. like that one article said, humanity is kind of kind of dumb. <laughs> we do the same yeah. mistakes over and over, you yeah, know, so I don't think they're predicting the future. They're just really, really good at knowing humanity and having a staff of amazing writers. Well, and more, like you said, more often than not, their predictions don't actually end up coming true. So. No, for 700, well over 700 <laughs> yeah. episodes, there was, there's like 20 of them. So right. you're bound yeah. to hit that many when you have over 700 episodes. Totally. 
So Some no, I don't think common sense. Too. I don't think there's yeah. any time travelers on the Simpsons writing staff. I just think they're just really tuned in to the way the world and society works and I agree. just smart people. So there you go. That's what I got. Agreed. Okay. I am going to be talking about glitter. <laughs> the Mariah Carey so, movie? Yeah, yes. One hundred percent. How did that become a thing? <laughs> Um, I've never seen it. I didn't either. Okay, so this is, uh, I'm calling it the glitter mystery. This is one you suggested to me. Um, And this all started, I believe, from a post in the Unsolved Mysteries Reddit about five years ago. The name of the post was, which mystery industry is the largest buyer of glitter? Which, I mean, that doesn't sound like anything super intriguing or mysterious but it kind of is yeah actually. once you dive into it it's kind of like who is buying all this glitter glitter and why can't they tell yeah, us exactly you know and then there's always um, the jokes that it's the strip club industry because everybody <laughs> knows that's where glitter is in the strip right. joints not that much glitter um i think it all it all stemmed actually from a new york times article sort of inadvertently kind of triggered this mystery and of course I don't subscribe to New York Times so I couldn't read the article but I think we we still get enough information from Reddit and other areas so um, so this is the original Reddit post quote it appears that there's a lot of glitter being purchased by someone who would prefer to keep the public in the dark about glitter's presence in their products so this is now a quote from the New York Times article When I asked Ms. Dyer, and this is somebody who works at this company that they're talking about, if she could tell me which industry served as Glitterex's biggest market, her answer was instant. No, I absolutely know that I can't. I was taken aback, but you know what it is? Oh, God, yes, she said and laughed, and you would never guess it. Let's just leave it at that. I asked if she could tell me why she couldn't tell me. Quote, because they don't want anyone to know that it's glitter. And then the interviewer says, if I looked at it, I wouldn't know it was glitter. And Miss Dyer says, no, not really. See, I, says, I never looked into this, but I have an idea of what I thought the answer was going to be. Mm-hmm. I know where I lean at the end of this, and it's not either of the suggestions that huh. are. I'm curious to see if what I think it, it is is on there. Yeah. Uh, so she asked the interviewer says, would I be able to see the glitter? And she says, oh, you'd be able to see something, but it's, yeah, I can't. (laughs) I asked if she would tell me off the record. She would not. That's how mysteries start is when people are all evasive about answering like a simple question. 100%. I asked if she would tell me off the record after this piece was published. She would not. I told her I couldn't die without knowing. She guided me to the automotive grade pigments, which that's no secret. We, I mean, if you see a car that has that, glittery coating yeah. on it you know what that is yeah. glitter is a lot of places where it's obvious nail polish strippers clubs <laughs> football helmets where might it be that is less obvious and can afford to buy a ton of it guesses i've heard since reading the article are toothpaste which i never would have thought of that money our our paper money that actually makes sense because yeah there's some of. interesting stuff in money that yeah, might that might be a side that's a, that's a side sessions topic totally. actually yeah Guesses I've brainstormed on my own. Um, the military. That's my guess, is that it's like part of stealth technology is that when they're shooting the radar, that the glitter is actually serving to reflect it off of. That was my yeah. guess. That's a huge one. And that's actually where I end up kind of landing. 
Um, so she says, well, I don't know if this is a he or a she. Sorry. This is still the Reddit post. The military, deep pockets, buy lots of vehicles and paint and lights and God knows what. Construction materials, concrete sidewalks often glitter. But somebody else explains in a um, isn't it quartz or like a comment? Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I just got crested. Yeah. Well, not in concrete though. That wouldn't be. Um, they explained it was something else, but it wasn't glitter. Uh, the funeral industry. Not sure what, but that industry is full of cheap tricks they want to keep secret, and I wouldn't put put glitter past them. And I'm thinking to myself. That could be a mini mystery right there because I didn't know the funeral industry was like really secretive about their pro- uh, practices. I didn't know that either. Um, and cheap jewelry. So, what do you think? Of course, the comments are a treasure trove of theories. Somebody, um, and this actually feeds into the military thing too, but uh, one of the uh, comment replies was micro tagans. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Multi-layered micro glitter that is added to all commercial explosives. Simple to batch trace on site, and after the detonation, you can using a microscope. It's like a it's like a fingerprint. So if you're using dynamite for illegal purposes and it leaves evidence as clear as a fingerprint, that's what they would use glitter for. I guess this is common that it's used in glitter. I don't think I knew or that. Or in, in explosives. I don't think I knew yeah. that. Um, somebody else commented, this will haunt me, <laughs> which I think is really funny. Um, a lot of comments bring up the military um, using glitter to create radar absorbent surfaces mm-hmm. for things like stealth fighters. Mm-hmm. So Mark 48 Torpedo um, commented, I'm pretty sure it's actually stealth coatings, i.e. paint, for stealth fighters like the F-22 and F-35, which are now being produced in relatively large quantities for the U.S. military. Here's the reasoning. Radar absorbent materials, such as those used on stealth aircraft, typically consist of a mixture of finely ground metals, i.e. glitter, and polymer. To absorb radio waves without reflecting it, you need something that is fairly conductive and will interact strongly with radio waves, i.e. metals. Is glitter actually metal? I believe it is. It's kind of mysterious, but I believe glitter is made up of a metal that's finely ground down. Huh. Yes. That's interesting. But it, but it can't be. Uh oh. What did, did you hear that? What did Jim just do? I don't know. He just knocked something down in the hallway. <laughs> but it can't be too conductive, i.e., solid metal plates, because they'll simply reflect the radio waves without absorbing it. Finely ground metals mixed with polymer are exactly what you want. Self huh. fighters, namely the F 35, are currently being produced in fairly large quantities in the USA and require large quantities of radar absorbent coatings. These coatings will be quite thick and contain a large fraction of metal, which will consume huge amounts of glitter compared to most applications, which use only a tiny amount of glitter. For example, in the article, they state that the, quote, minimum order of size glitter X will accept is 10 pounds, enough to supply Sparco to half a million bottles of nail polish by Mr. Shetty's estimation. I don't know who that is. It must have been in the article I couldn't read. (laughs) <laughs> Finally, after the reporter asked the question, the woman guided the reporter along to the automotive-grade pigments. Unlike most types of glitter, automotive-grade pigments are simply small flakes of metal, such as aluminum, and do not contain any plastic. This is exactly what the type of material they would want to use in radar-absorbent absor- coatings. So then there's like a, like a lot of back and forth in the comments about military usage, um, and somebody's like, are we really making that many F-35s? And somebody else is like, 
how do you know we're not? I mean, we don't know half of what our military is doing. And another Redditor chimes in with the fact that when these stealth craft go out on a flight, they actually have to get, this is what this person says, I didn't fact check this, they have to get a new coating of the stealth paint after every flight Holy cow. to remain effective. I never so heard that. I didn't either. So I, I guess you could imagine that would actually use a lot of glitter yeah. if that's what you're using. Of course, other really obvious theories are tossed out. Cosmetics, shampoo, soap, toothpaste, automotive industry, flooring. I mean, even like um, linoleum or vinyl flooring can have sparkly stuff in it. Maybe wallpaper. it's what the Glimmer Man is wearing. The Glimmer Man. I, the thing that I thought of was, um, and I read a whole article on this, but uh, self-technology yeah. for actual, like a suit. Yeah, like, which some people yeah. think the Glimmer Man is. Some people think it's like a military person testing the yeah. testing a stealth suit. But but some, that doesn't make sense either because. It would, no. So somebody talked about the actual science behind that, and they said glitter, it would actually draw attention to you rather than make you appear invisible. Yeah, you look so like a shimmery a vampire from Twilight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um, greet, so greeting cards, arts and crafts supplies. I mean, the, glitter's used in a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of regular household items contain it. and it. But it brings you back to the comment that this Miss Dyer said that you wouldn't really know it was glitter you were looking at. That's... And so that kind of takes all of those off the table. Uh, it's funny. I This one made me chuckle because one of the Redditor comments said, if I looked at it, I wouldn't know it was glitter. No, not really. That right there has me baffled. Someone responds to them, right? Glitter is glittery. Why would someone <laughs> use glitter if not for the glitteriness? So somebody else on, glit on glitter on Reddit went down a bit of a rabbit hole around, well, maybe it's about the science of glitter rather than just its properties, you know, like visual properties. Right. The fact that it sticks to everything. I don't know if you've ever had an experience with glitter. Oh, yeah. But that stuff, get, it's like sand. It gets everywhere, and it's impossible to get off of yep. you or off of surfaces. Yep. So maybe there, maybe that's what it is that this industry is using it for, which, again, I go back to military. I'm sure they don't care about the glitteriness. It has to have some other property, conductive properties or adhesive-type properties that – that are um, valuable rather than its glitteriness. So that was just an interesting point that someone made. At the school, like um, the students would have glitter pens and glitter markers and would I yeah. constantly have things written on my arm and glitter and it gets, <laughs> it gets everywhere. Yeah, you have to scrub that stuff yeah. off. It doesn't just come yep. off. Yep. Um, a suggestion in, in the original post was around the funeral industry being really secretive about its methods and practices. Um, so this, of course, somebody chimed in. Too Much Pretzels is their name, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and confirm for you that the funeral industry, as far as I know, and I have very knee-deep knowledge of the funeral industry, is not buying any glitter. Isn't um, Sully, you did a guest spot on her t kitchen table research I don't podcast. remember. I think she's like a, a, a funeral, what is she? She does something with. But I don't know if what, she's a funeral director, if she works in a morgue or something, but she, I, we should ask her about this. What, what are they thinking that they're doing with the glitter during funeral preparation? Is it like I on the coffin? Know. You know, like... I mean, that seems really obvious. So, okay, I'll finish. He said, this person, I always say he, I don't know why. Um, he says the funeral industry is not buying any glitter. 
edit elbow deep may have been a better term and while there are definitely some caskets that are painted with an automobile glittery sort of paint i don't think that why it's gonna go in the ground why would you do that right well people buy fancy fancy caskets though um the only large source of potential glitter i think of would have to be embalming fluid and i'm 99.999 percent sure there's no glitter in embalming not that i know of yeah another theory that was tossed out that i thought like made me laugh because i thought it was funny is that resorts or touristy locations with popular beaches are putting glitter in the sand to make it like glitter yeah i mean that that actually is kind of making that makes a little bit of sense actually but you would i didn't really look into that one too much because i I just kind of laughed but i i'm sitting here thinking about some like really jaded rich people like this sand isn't glittery enough they should (laughs) add glitter glitter yeah you would have more glitter stuck on you you know mixed with the sand mixed with the sand that you get every crevice on your body no thank you uh so i ran across this so there's a podcast called endless thread and you can go to their website and read transcripts of their episodes so they did an episode on this in 2019 so probably not long after the original reddit post and they claim to have solved the mystery so this is the first big thing i read that i was like oh this is so obvious and then you sent me something that I was like, dang, that's not, they say right in that article, that's not it. So I think it's one of those things we're never really going to have a good answer on, but we'll talk about the last two big theories. So I'm not going to go into the whole, they did a whole long exhaustive investigation, talked to a bunch of different experts in different industries that they had heard were theories of who could be buying this glitter. And what they landed on was like so boring and mundane, <laughs> but the boating industry i was gonna say that earlier because so many of the boats hulls look like sparkly and have like super sparkly yeah yeah so at the end of the episode they had tracked down someone named brandon Pittman, a technical director uh, of chemistry for a company called hk research corporation who makes polyester gel coats for the marine and fiberglass and uh, cast polymer industries so basically boats yeah I know, quote, I know how much boat manufacturers use, especially the bass boat manufacturers. I I think if you think about, like, fishing lures, certain fishing lures are really sparkly, too, and I, I wonder if bass are attracted to sparkly You things. know, Mark, Mark Zahn worked at Burger Boat for a long time. Right. I bet you he's got Ooh. insider knowledge. But you don't want to you don't want to get True. big glitter mad at you because you'll disappear. You don't. You'll disappear. You know, there's only a couple of like glitter companies, like major ones. I, I think, think this is like super crazy. fascinating. When I suggested yeah. this to you, I didn't know what there was going to be, but I think this is like a really cool story. I really do. Industry. Yeah. So he sa- he goes on to say, and when I say I know how much they use, I don't know the exact volumes, but I've been in their plants and I've seen the drums of material. And compared to other uses of glitter or greeting cards and Christmas ornaments and the cosmetic industry, the volume is way more that goes into a boat. So I used to work for a bass boat manufacturer back in the 90s, and we bought it in 30-gallon drums, probably 10 of those drums a week. So that's like 300 gallons of glitter a week or 15,600 gallons every year, which is just this one boat manufacturer. That's One crazy. of the hosts of the podcast calls it like a glitter palooza. <laughs> so when they questioned why the the woman, Miss Dyer from Glitter X, that was interviewed, made it seem so clandestine, like, oh, I know who it is, but I can't tell you. They they theorized that it was just like uh, you know, a 
producer of a product protecting their customer's identity. It's just like a, a thing you do. So I work for a food manufacturer and we have a big brand name that everybody probably knows, but we also manufacture items in our plants that people sell under their name. Yeah. Yeah. Like you probably it's it's very common practice, but I don't know that that's common knowledge. And so it's not something you just walk around. To, it's not like a secret, but I'm just saying that I think it's really common for a company to be sort of protective of their clients or customers business. And so they theorize that that's really what it was. And the way she said it turned the, it into. Yeah. The way she said it thing. wasn't good then because it made it more intriguing you know, if she would have just like, said, well, never guess. if she would have just spent like, well, we can't divulge some of our, our customers instead of saying, you'll right. never guess. You could look at it and not know it. It's like that yeah. just makes you want to know what it is even more. They don't want anyone to know it's glitter. So obviously <laughs> glitter. But then you sent me a link to an article that uh, came out last year. So the one that from this um, Endless Threads was 2019 and this one was 2023. It totally contradicts this. So it was on the website chipchick.com, and the article is called, quote, This TikToker may have cracked the glitter conspiracy wide open, pointing to one unsuspecting industry that may be the largest buyer of glitter. So they were the the very first thing they threw out. They poo-pooed on it and said, this is not boat paint. (laughs) Quote, first of all, the answer is not boat paint, because the boating industry openly admits to using glitter, and the New York Times interview alludes to an industry much more secretive than that. And when they say that you wouldn't know it's glitter, but looking at a boat, it's obviously glittery. Very glittery. It's very glitterish. In a now viral video, the TikToker Ray, and this is, I'm quoting from the article, detailed how one unsuspecting but totally plausible industry might be the quartz countertop industry. Contrary to popular belief, companies that create quartz countertops do not just slice open a huge boulder of quartz and throw it down as a kitchen counter. Instead, there is an entire manufacturing process. First, the quartz crystals have to be uh, actually ground down into a fine powder, and then this powder is pressed into the slabs. Even afterward, though, the counter is still only about 90% quartz. There's the other 10% made up of, you might be wondering, well, companies add other ingredients such as polyester, resin, and other additives. This vagueness, coupled with the known fact that quartz countertops really sparkle under overhead lights, is what pushed the TikToker to submit her guess. She even provided some math to back up her suspicion. The boat paint industry for industry, for instance, would use approximately 112,000 gallons of glitter per year. That's a lot. That is a lot of glitter. Next up, if glitter really were the U.S. current, if glitter were really in U.S. currency, then about 122 gallons would be used up per year. The quartz countertop industry beats both of these popular guesses by a long shot, though, and would ultimately ultimately utilize over 400,000 gallons annually. That's a lot of glitter. It's a lot of glitter. But none of, I guess it's not shocking to me. I, I'm I'm somebody who's kind of into design. I watch a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff about design. My husband works or worked in home, you know, building and renovation for many many years. I, it doesn't surprise me that there would be glitter in quartz countertops. But then so, why is she so secretive about it? And you know, right. why couldn't she just say, you know, I don't know. It's probably not common knowledge though. So it it goes on to say quartz countertops are famously expensive, and they really are. So if prominent clients knew that their money was partially being spent on glitter, you That's could only true. imagine the outrage. And so 
They think that that's really the only reason. Like, if you buy some granite, you're literally getting a slab of granite. Yeah. It was cut off the rock. <laughs> it's been polished. It's all pretty, but quartz is not like that, and I think that's not common knowledge, although you could just Google it and figure that out. Yeah. But, um, but she made it sound like it was something that you'd be super surprised to know about. That's why I'm still lean in military. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different applications, like the explosives – the radar absorbent coating. Yeah. I feel like there's things we're not thinking of or not aware of that the military would use it for. And of course, that's the first thing you think of that they wouldn't want you to know that they're using glitter. Yeah. Other people are saying it's like the food industry. Well, I remember when this first came out, I I didn't dive into this, but I looked at stuff and toothpaste was a big one that, that people believed mm. they were putting glitter in toothpaste to make toothpaste that sparkle or your teeth spark yeah. i don't know but that was There's one of the big ones that's glittery yeah what is that then if it's not glitter yeah is that safe for us to be consuming i don't know yeah. i can, I, I don't know but that's not a surprise we can see the glitter yeah so to me i i don't i don't like either explanation like the boating industry again we know it's glitter and quartz countertops to me i, I don't know that's not that's not a big shocker. No. So I I lean, lean towards, towards military. military. <laughs> I do yeah. too. I lean towards the military. Totally. Huh. We might have to revisit this one at some point because this was a fascinating story. It was. Yeah, I'm sure this will continue. There are other people who aren't satisfied with these yeah. answers and they'll just keep digging. So yeah. Huh. We'll have to get an update. Good story. I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's what we got. That's what we got. Wait, when I sent that to you, you must have been like, really? Glitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's a, it's like an interesting mystery. And I it wanted is, this yeah. one because I didn't know how long we were going to record. I wanted this one to just be two lightweight stories. So yeah. I wanted to talk about The Simpsons predicting the future for a while because that's it, it's getting more and more prevalent, like on TikTok and online. And it's just – it's it's a fun theory, but I just don't want people taking it too seriously, thinking that – it's happening yeah. that they're predicting the future. So they're not Nostradamus. Very cool. We have a listener question. I sent it to you, and oh, you yeah, said you right. think we did this one before, but I, I think we did, we did too. And I also want to start sending you the listener questions ahead of time so you have more time to mull it over. I would appreciate that. I don't want that. to keep shocking you. This this will be a different season that way. And uh, I have to be distracted through the whole episode, like, yeah. And then I forget to think about yeah. it, and then I have yep. to still come up with yep. an answer on the fly. So the question from a listener, Anonymous, is, Hey, you two, love the podcast. My question to you is, if you were on death row, and I think they mean getting – I don't think they mean death row records, like we're not dropping a track no. on death row. If you were on death row and it was your last meal, what would you choose to eat? Your, your answer surprised pizza. me. Yeah, your surprises me. I love pizza. I love pizza, I too, know, but man. that's not my last – meal choice mm. do you have a specific pizza your homemade pizza um I, yeah maybe my homemade <laughs> pizza or like a really good you don't want to you don't want to spend like your last meal pizza. making your own pizza though i mean you're gonna be dead no. in the morning so you want to chill I'll, maybe they'll let me out though to go home and make <laughs> then the pizza you can escape then i can escape <laughs> yeah or some really good like wood-fired you know yeah Neapolitan type pizza. I just did good. not expect, you know, like my first With pepperoni. I need pepperoni. That's the only kind of pizza With is pepperoni. pepperoni. Like my everybody knows my my toppings of choice are pepperoni and onions. I love pizza with pepperoni oh, and onions. Um, like my first gut instinct was 
chicken tikka masala because I love chicken mm-hmm. tikka masala. It's my favorite food. But then I got to thinking, and my answer for this is I would want a burger from – it's in West Bend, Wisconsin, a place called Jumbo's, like Jumbo's Frozen mm. Custard. It's like a Culver's, oh, okay. but it is the best. Like Aaron, when we went down there, you know, the first time I went down – the first time we went down there – um, we just happened to pick that place, and it was like, oh, my God, the burgers are so good. So what, every time we'd go geocaching down there, we would go through there. And now that Aaron lives down there, he says he doesn't go there as much as he thought he would. They have, like, fish on Fridays. Like, they go get this big fish bucket, you know, for Friday. Mm-hmm. It's Wisconsin, Friday fish fry. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, But their burgers are amazing. It's it's got a ton of – it's like a Big Mac with the Thousand Island dressing on it. Mm. But mm-hmm. it is the best burger I've ever had in my life. So my answer would be a burger from Jumbo's from West Bend, Wisconsin, a Coke from McDonald's, because nothing is better than McDonald's Coke. Mm-hmm. And I thought about the fries, and I am going with Culver's Crinkle Fries. Mm-hmm. Like, I love crinkle-cut fries, and I know that's a very divisive topic because some people hate i don't understand the hate for crinkle cut yeah but culver's french fries are literally perfect like when i go to like when i go to arby's (laughs) like i don't like their their curly fries there's something Mm -hmm. weird about their curly fries taste to me like i don't like it like i love arby's crinkle cut fries and even at the drive-thru when they like do you want the the curly fries and i say crinkle cut fries they like pause for a minute like they're like seriously like i love we have to make some i I love crinkle cut fries and i especially love them from culver's like i love culver's fries so a jumbo's burger a mcdonald's coke and culver's crinkle fries that would be my final meal if somebody said we don't have any pizza you're gonna have to come up with something else it'd be like thanksgiving stuffing oh yeah I could, I could eat. I, so I used good. to make sto- just stovetop stuffing in my microwave all the time and just go to town on that. So good. Uh, yeah. Now I am getting hungry too. Right? Uh, my song choice. Do you have a song choice? No. Okay. <laughs> my song. I wasn't prepared. My song. Sorry. My song choice. Um, I just f- looked. I don't remember if it came up in like YouTube suggestions, but this is a band that I genuinely love anyway. And this showed up in my YouTube suggestions and I didn't know that they kind of did a collaboration too with the song. So this is going to be my song. I'm going to read you a couple of the quote or the YouTube comments on it at first. And I just love this band and they're hard to, to like pigeonhole. They're like dancey, but they're also kind of nostalgic. But once you hear them, you know, it's them. So one comment from YouTube under this song is quote, the fact that the song can still sound nostalgic even when it just first comes out amazes me. Somebody else writes, quote, their music just always makes me happy. Somebody else writes, quote, I never heard of these guys before. This song is all sorts of awesome. Somebody else writes, quote, I heard this song at work today and instantly fell in love with it. And somebody else writes, quote, I caught this song on the radio yesterday. You know why you're here. It's inside your heart now, and you cannot explain it. And it is the song After Midnight by the band Phoenix. Like, I love Phoenix. Hmm. You know Phoenix, don't you? I don't know. If if you heard some of their songs, you would okay. totally know. Like, the first time I ever heard them was in the soundtrack for Lost in Translation, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. 
And when I heard the song, I'm like, is this like an 80s song? Because they have like this weird nostalgic vibe. Their song uh, in in Lost in Translation is called Too Young. And it's such a good song. And then I fell in love with like everything they've released. So then I found this video, like this is a newer song by them. But there's a regular version, and there's also a version where that features a singer named Claro. Uh, she, her name's Claire Cottrell. Like I adore this girl. I seriously just adore this girl. Um, I don't even know how I stumbled across her, but I used to love that. The uh, I still do the song from the trailer for. Map of Tiny Perfect Things, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, too. And I can't... Claire Claire Rosencrantz, she's like a young... She was like a teenage girl when this song came out, like 17 or 18. And I loved this song, and I think because I liked that, Claire Cottrell showed up on something. And I adore this girl, but I don't have a crush on her because she's like in her mid-20s. I want to say 25 or 26, but she legitimately looks like... She would have been one of my eighth grade girls. She looks so young that I don't have a crush on her, but I just adore this girl. So, and some of the comments under this, I'm, I'm, the one I'm going to post is the the one featuring Phoenix and Claro. And some of the comments underneath that one are, quote, I like the original song, but somehow Claro's voice really just fits in and makes this so much better. Somebody else writes, quote, I love Phoenix, and I had to look up Claro. Now I am in love. And somebody else writes, quote, Phoenix plus Claro equals perfection. So that is my song for this episode, After Midnight by Phoenix featuring Claro. And in the comments under the video I'm going to post, there's like a little 30-second clip of them doing this together in concert. And she is just so mm. stinking cute. It, like, pains <laughs> me how cute she is. So I am going to do that. That is my song choice for this episode, After Midnight by Phoenix featuring Claro. Cool. So there you go. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. Well, do you want to do the deets? Oh, the deets are you can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on – this is the last time I'm going to say anything about Twitter. I'm deleting the Twitter thing <laughs> off of here because we don't even do anything on there anymore. We yep. are on Instagram at The Strange Sessions, where Krista does an amazing job. And we have so many, so many great listeners on Instagram. I love our Instagram people. You can send postcards and snail mail to The Strange Sessions at P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. I forgot we also have a letter from Matthew Thornton we have to open up oh, and right. decipher. Uh, you can call our lonely little phone line. We had a couple people actually call. Michaela did. Um mm. But then I, the last, a couple days ago, I got, we got a voicemail and I went and listened to it and it was like a fax sound, like something making like oh, a, that's weird. that is weird. So it's like, is that something creepy? Is that something we need to be aware of? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you, somebody was just one number off of where they yeah, were trying to go. Yeah. Cause I listened to it expecting a voice and I'm like, oh, that's weird. You can call mm-hmm. our lonely phone line at 920-443-9602. And if you have a listener story, you can send it to the Strange Sessions Stories at gmail.com. And that is cool. what we got. So is this okay for end of season mop up? Just so I think so. Just it's a little something to get people through. I think just a couple weeks. I think basically like we're gonna release it like wasn't it 
Be- recording February 10th, and it'll come out the week that after. Weekend, yeah, because now so that's what's going to take some getting used to. Also, is I'm so used to us recording on Saturday and releasing the episode on Sunday. Now we're going to have a week in between, so you can edit the video. And I think I'll still release the unedited audio on Kofi the weekend that we record so that they're getting that a, a week, week ahead of time for everybody. Yeah, yep. that makes but the video won't come out for a week. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to try not to edit our I might have to edit some stuff in our audio, but we haven't been editing a we're ton of our good. audio lately. I don't I think mean, I don't just, think we're good. I we think we just don't we care. <laughs> yeah, we just know? don't care. <laughs> if we if we screw up, like I stumble right. over names like nobody's business. So and I don't go in and edit that out because it's like we are what we are. I'm not going to try to make us look more professional than we are. Sometimes I think people love us because we're so we're, yes. not professional. Right. You know? We're relatable. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, if people are like, if these schmucks can do a podcast, anybody can. So I think... And plenty of people have done that. Yes. Plenty of our listeners have been like, I can do that. And they now have great podcasts. I love being able to scroll on my computer screen. It's like the coolest thing ever. So I think that's it for this. This is the official last episode. Because, you know, we always call the one with Corey the season finale because we never know if we're going to do an end of season because we could have skipped this and been fine, but because I think we're starting so much later than I thought we were going to start, we mm-hmm. wanted to put something else in here for you guys. Yeah. So hopefully this tides you over until for a month when we come back with season eight. Craziness. It is crazy. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for caring you about us and caring what we do and for listening to us because I don't even want to listen to us and I kind of have to because I'm <laughs> one of us, you know, so thank you yeah. so much, you guys. We love you so much. And anything else you would like yeah. to add? I don't think so. I think it was easier. Stay safe. I think stay warm. Stay warm. Stay safe. And always, from Krista and I, until next time, stay strange. Stay strange. Uh, we still can't do it good even in video. It was better. <laughs> love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.